שבוע טוב. שלום עליכם. גמר חתימה טובה to all of your listeners of this great station, station that only beams דבר תורה, דברי תעוררות, דברי מוסד, דברי הלכה, and religious music. This is Rabbi Elbaz. I'm going to be talking about the Asarit Emet Yeshuvah in general, but Teshuvah in general. Rabbi Yisrael Salenter, who was the founder of the Musar movement, he relates the following story. One time he traveled to Paris. There is his time. That means we're talking about the last, uh, the last part of the 1800s. And that was uh, during the Haskalah, the Enlightenment, the time where people, you know, they called themselves enlightened. That means really more modern and, and trying to somehow change something, things from the Torah. So he wanted to give Musa to a few Talmudim. He was supposed to meet somebody at, at a kosher restaurant. He walked in, but the person he was supposed to meet was not there. And he sat at this fancy table. This was a real magnificent restaurant. So the waiter came to him and asked him, well, would you like to order? So Rabbi says, I really don't want to order anything. But the waiter says to him, listen, if you're here, you have to order. He says, okay, bring me a glass of hot tea. And sugar. Well, the waiter goes, and he comes back with a uh, glass of hot tea and sugar. And then he serves him with a bill of 10 francs. At that time, 10 francs was really a very big amount. So Rabbi Salander says to him, well, that's a huge amount for just a cup of tea. He said, After all, the hot water, maybe a quarter of a franc. The tea bag, maybe another quarter. The sugar, I don't even want it. So why 10 francs? The waiter answered him, you know, the rent here, which is center of town of Paris, is horrendous. That's like two francs from, what, from this, uh, uh, this bill. The man at the piano playing for you, he has to be paid two francs. I have to, give, I have to get paid two. We just changed all the curtains, replaced all the tiles on the floors. That cost money. By the time it was finished, it looked like he was losing in the deal. So Rabbi Salantar said to him, I would like to ask you one more question. Since these things, all these things are so expensive, really, what happens when you eat or drink here? Do you have to pay? He says, no, I work here. I can eat anything, whatever I want. As long as I serve my boss properly, listen to his instructions, my reward is to have everything free. I can eat, drink anything. I can enjoy any other service for free. Pay attention, Rabotai. Look what he says. As long as I serve my boss properly and listen to his instructions... I get everything for free. That is precisely the same for the great boss, the king of kings, the Borei Olam. As long as we serve him properly, listen 
to all his instructions, that means the misvot, we will be entitled to anything we want for free. That's right, for free. He'll give it to us. Unfortunately, many of us, you know, they, they just don't listen to the instructions, just like the waiter. Now, if the waiter wouldn't listen to the instruction of his boss, I mean, once, twice, okay, by the third time, he, his job may be in jeopardy. But fortunately for us, Hashem, Hashem gave us a great tool, a tool that will erase our sins, a tool that was created even before the world was created because Hashem decided that if it doesn't create this tool, it's no use for the world. And that tool is called teshuva, repenting on the sins. Hashem knew before creating the world that man will sin. And if he doesn't give him the choice to make teshuva, then there'll be sinners upon sinners, and then the world will be destroyed. So he didn't pay to create the world in the first place. Let me give you an example. You want to build a home. You buy all the materials, everything, even the sheet rocks, you buy the windows, you buy the doors, the tires on the floors, the paint that you're going to put down, and so on. All, all the materials are ready. But you don't have the tools. You don't have a hammer. You don't have a saw. You don't have screwdrivers. You don't have any tools. Well, all that material is for naught. Nothing. Nothing. So therefore, Rabotai, when you go to the synagogue, okay, the synagogue provides you with everything. You have a beautiful place. You have great hazanim. You have all the necessary materials. But the tool that is required to benefit from all these materials is teshuva. Hashem wants the person to make teshuva, to come back. See, a beautiful synagogue, of course, it's, it's important. Zekelev we want we want to build something beautiful for Hashem. But it's not the beauty of the synagogue that counts or the great voice of the Hazanin that counts. Important. It's amenable to teshuva. But teshuva is the most important thing. One time, the Magid Meduvna, he was also, by the way, during the time of the Haskalah, he was walking around. You know, the Magid Meduvna was the type of person that would go and give lectures about Kiruv, Musar to the people. And he had tremendous hashpah. He, he was such a great orator, you know, with, with great stories that he had, great divrei Torah that he had. He was able to bring people back. So this guy who was masculine, you know, from the Enlightenment type of person, comes over to him and says, I hear that you can uh, change anybody. Go ahead, change me. Change me. See if you can change me. So the Magir Midubna, all the time, he always gave parables. Whenever he wanted to illustrate something, he gives a little parable. In those days when they had wars, besides the fact that they had uh, some... Guns, this like that, but they had the the big thing, the big. They, they call it a cannon. A cannon was a heavy thing, very heavy stuff. 
and there was a bomb that they put inside. And the bomb also had to be carried maybe by two people, the heavy stuff. But he says to him, you see, you have the cannon, you have the people there, you have the bomb, you have everything, but nothing can, can, can move. Nothing happens unless there's a guy that puts in a spark of fire. When that spark of fire touches the bomb, everything explodes. Without that fire, that spark, nothing happens. So he says to the person, he says, you, yeah, you have everything, yeah. You're a human being, sure. You have a heart, you have a sechel, you have brains, but you don't have the spark. If you don't have the spark, I cannot help you. I can't help you. This is Rabotai. The spark is the teshuva. We, we can have everything ready, but if we miss that spark, God forbid, then we haven't done much. And believe me, teshuva is not something... There's way, way, way out of everybody. No way. The Torah says, Ki ha-mitzvah azot. And we, learn, we write this in Parashat Nisabim. The word mitzvah here, many opinions talks about teshuvah. It says this mitzvah of teshuvah, lo niflet himimecha. It's not something that's secret. It's not something mystic. It's not a sword. Ah, that's very clear. Very easy. Lord Hokai, it's not far from you. What's not? It's right right there, wherever you are. You could be in your room. Anywhere you are, you can make the teshuva. And he says, Karov Elecha Hadabar Meot. This thing is very close to you. Beficha, your mouth, or Bibabcha, your heart, Laasoto to do it. Now these three things correspond to the three things that the Rambam brings about Teshuvah. Teshuvah means that, hey, vidui, meaning you confess, yes, you've done, yes, you've done it. You confess with your mouth. Then you have harata, you regret it, that's in your heart. And then you have azibat ahead, you actually promise not to do it any longer. So that's what it is. Vidu is beficha, harata bilbavcha, laasotu. You actually do something that you you promise yourself you're not going to do any longer. That is the mitzvah of teshuvah. Hashem wants us to make teshuvah. You know, there was once a um, a kiruv uh, a kiruv movement like an organization. And they um, they had like maybe forty fifty people, and they uh, they want he the director took him to the Gary Rebbe, the Rebbe from Gur. And these people, you know, were really way way out. So one of them comes to the Rebbe. He says, you know, I was I used to be an MK, a member of Knesset, you know. And and uh, I was not religious. Uh, now I'm trying to be like Al Shuvah. So he gives him bracha. Another one comes in. Oh, I used to be in the Air Force, a command, like a captain in the Air Force, whatever. Uh, and and uh, well, I was uh, everything they were doing was not right. Now in Shuvah, another guy. Oh, I used to be an entertainer. 
all kinds of people, people with rings on their ears and uh, crazy uh, hairdos and tattoos on uh, on their arms. Finally, the the last one was the director himself. So when the director approaches the Rebbe, he says to the Rebbe, Oh, I'm not uh, about Shuvah. No, I'm not. So the Rebbe says to him, Why not? Everybody needs Teshuvah. I need Teshuvah. Everyone. There's no such thing as a person that absolutely have no sense whatsoever, nothing, zero, zilch. You know, pish, pish, if you try to look and look and look and you can't find, I say, look, Bitul Torah. Most probably you had Bitul Torah. No such thing. We Everybody has that kind of thing. And you see, even at the worst times, Teshuvah is required. You know, we learned in the war with Midian, the war with Midian, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, Saror et Midianim, Vikitem Otam, go fight them. So what did he do? He took 1,000 soldiers from each Shevet, each tribe. But the Midrash says, it's not only a thousand soldiers, he took also another thousand that were going they were going to guard the arms, you know, to keep the arms, uh, or, you know, look that the arms are there for them. And another thousand that were going to be praying. They'll be praying all the time while the war is going. And we're talking about praying at the site of the war, not somewhere else. Question is, you know, we can pray to Hashem anywhere. Why did it have to go all the way to the front itself? Let them pray in the synagogue and a bit midrash. The reason is because when the soldiers who are actually fighting at the front, when they look and they see people praying for them, then their heart is stirred. They make teshuvah. And when they become, they make teshuvah and they become righteous people, Hashem helps them. Hashem helps them to win the war. Teshuvah is something that we must have at all times. But Rabbutai in order to make the shuva, one of the things we have to know is we should learn how to listen to our rabbis. Listen to the mitzvot of the Torah. See, listening is very important. We have, we read the, know, a couple of weeks ago, the parasha of the Ben Sorer Umore. Ben Sorer Umore is a rebellious child. And under certain conditions, that child, if found guilty, he was punished severely. What did he do? The first thing he did, the Torah says, Enenu shomeya bekol abiv ukol imo. He does not listen to the, to the voice of the father or the mother. He's rebellious. He won't listen. If someone is willing to listen, you can work with him. 
But it's not one here. Nothing to do. That's it. Finished. Can't do anything. You know, Rabbi Frand, I'm sure you heard of him, very good speaker. Uh, he wrote uh, a few books about uh, the parasha also. He's a great Rosh Hashiva. And he himself relates the following story. He himself. He, a couple came to him. They wanted to get married. This couple were not uh, so religious, but they were trying to somehow get back to religion. So they wanted someone like a Rosh Hashiva to do their wedding. So he said, okay, fine, he'll do it. I got three conditions for you. I have to make sure, you have to prove to me, first of all, that you are Jewish, 100%. And since uh, you're telling me the woman got divorced, I want you to bring me proof of divorce again. And also, you have to wait three months. This is the this is the, the rule. So the lady says to him, look, the first two conditions, no problem. I'll prove to you I have a get, and I, I'll prove to you that uh, we are Jews. Not a problem. But, you see, we already made arrangements. We made arrangements on a nice, beautiful uh, beach front in Thailand. We're supposed to be married on 15th of December. This was 15th December 2004. And we, we, you know, we already made reservations. We have the flights. We have everything. You know, we, we can't change everyone. He said to them, look, this is what our hachamim tell us. Either you agree or no dice. That's it. So they, they, go, they go out and, you know, come back the next day and say to him, okay, we agree. We agree. They're going to delay it until sometime in January. So they were going to be married December 15, 2004. December 26, 2004 was a tsunami which killed about 250,000 people who were in beach fronts, although especially in Thailand. Well, we have, when, when we, let's listen to our Hachamim Rabbatai. This is this is very important. Look, let me give you something that has to do with uh, matter, elements. You know the story of David and Goliath. Everyone knows the story of David and Goliath. David and Melech, obviously, when you look at David and Melech, you look at Goliath, in Mashemu, Goliath, it was a big giant. Melech was small. No, no. He was just a normal person. Very smart, bright. He knew how to handle the situation very well. Well, he was going to throw a stone right at his forehead. Fine. And Hashem knew that. But, remember, Goliath was, had the arms all over him. He was clad with, with iron, real strong stuff from head to toe, including the forehead. So a stone is not going to go through. Iron? Not going to go through. 
So the Midrash says, Hashem, he struck a deal with the iron. He told the iron, you know, this one time, when the stone hits you, soften up, let it go through. And when you do that, I'm going to reward you with two mitzvot. Your mitzvah the milah, which is done with the iron, and mitzvah shahita. You know, the iron listened right away. It softened up. And as we know the story, the mashimu was struck dead. Rabotai, if something that has no seichel, no feeling, nothing, just a piece of steel, piece of iron, can listen. How much more so us who have seichel, our brains, who supposedly go to learn Torah, we should listen to our hachamim. Fulfill the mitzvot. Do the right thing. So Rabbi this coming year, let's, let us commit ourselves much improvement. Let's make it a year where we'll be putting more time for Torah study. Do more ma'asim tovim. Improve our behavior towards our friends and family members. Show kindness and peace towards our fellow men. And may that Hashem, the Bore Olam, will inscribe us the Hayim Tovim Shalom Amen Yasom. I want to repeat again that if you can make an effort to help this station keep going, please do so. Very important. If you have a Simha also, you can contact us at the SLC. We'll be very happy to accommodate you with a beautiful home. Iskoli shayim rabot, neemod v'tovot, gmar hatimah tovah.